Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kahn, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. In Light Warrior Radio, we love to invite guests to help sensitive souls really navigate sometimes challenging you know, um, situations in their life as they come to shine their light and help us pull the world out of darkness. And today I'm really excited because I have with me Christina Schwind. And in fact, I heard about her through my own assistant who has been following Christina for quite some time. She says, oh, you're absolutely going to love her. <laughs> she asked me on the show. I was like, yes, sounds good to me. So let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. So dream time. Now I've been seeing that um, some of my late medicine community have been talking about their sleep. Now, sometimes it's interrupted sleep. Sometimes they're sleeping a lot more. I know for me, there was a time where I was constantly being woken up to do some sort of mission. And I thought, well, this is not working for me physically. <laughs> there has to be some, you know, some sort of boundaries to that. Uh, but then how can we use our dream time potentially, uh, not just to benefit ourselves, but mainly make an impact somewhere in the world. So um, we're going to talk about uh, hearing the voice of spirit and connecting to your intuition in a much clearer way, utilizing that dream time to discover the unique directions for our own personal healing and growth, bringing forward our spiritual gifts through the dream time to present and help make an impact to the group uh, and this whole community of uh, sensitive souls and embracing our soul's purpose so we can move forward with clarity. And there's a lot of people who that is a pain point of theirs is that they don't know why they're here. And that's one of the things we're going to help uh, folks answer for themselves today. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Christina. So she is a new paradigm visionary and acceleration expert. She has a unique way and a unique approach to advancing the spiritual gifts of healers, starseeds, and new paradigm way showers by unwinding intuitive blind spots and assisting them in reclaiming the power of their dream time. In the 90s, she began her work on two fronts, one with indigenous record keeper Barbara Hanclaw, who I, by the way, uh, I'm familiar with, not a lot, but one of my best friends is also a student of hers as well. Um, mastering a multidimensional activation process, which led her down a rabbit hole of experiences with extraterrestrial and interdimensional beings. The second was a collective of ancient wisdom keepers from the Andes of South America, masters of dream time and living life force energy. These masters were among the first to teach her about the veils of death, gifting her the transmissions for what they called the new human, the bringers of the new paradigm. Hello, welcome, Christina. Thanks for being on Light Warrior Radio. Hello, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Well, I'm excited that you're here and would love to know, like, tell us about your journey. Like, were you always a sensitive child? Did you, you know, connect with ETs when you were younger? Or is that more of a thing that developed over time? Yeah, so <clears throat> it, it all right. So it did develop over time, but uh, so blind spots, uh, you know, we have interactions that happen and, and that we're blind to. We're not ready to understand things or ready to see things. So we just kind of develop this this haze and not with non-awareness. So um, I developed it starting as a teenager, my psychic intuitive awarenesses. But as that journey went on and I was working with these different masters through dream time and other ways I was getting activated and in those activations I ended up reclaiming memories that were lost from when I was a child and I had a lot of ET activity starting as a toddler going all the way up until about 14 years old so so uh yeah I was shut down and then I woke up and then I realized oh I've been really active this whole time <laughs> without realizing it consciously so, wow, that's fascinating. And um, yeah, tell us about how you decided to go on these journeys with these master teachers. Um, so as a teenager, I started off, uh, I really wanted to learn yoga. And uh, a dear friend of mine at the time, it wasn't a popular thing. Now it's, you know, yoga studios everywhere. But at the time, this is in the uh, 90s, it was not a popular thing in uh, Ohio, northern Ohio is where I living at the time. And uh, what you know, it's someone just opened a studio that just came out of an ashram. So it was a very spiritual, prayerful type of yoga. And uh, I went to meditations, I discovered mantras. And that's when I really started to, to notice that, oh, my gosh, I'm having these experiences that not everybody else is having. I was like, I was seeing different um, uh, masters in their lineage. I was, you know, I was having these, these experiences, mystical experiences. And, uh, and that really just launched me forward. Not long after that, I started having contact with um, Palladians. 
and Syrians and different other very uh, prolific uh, uh, ET collectives, if we can call them that. Now I would call them brothers and sisters, their family, you know, but back then that was, <laughs> I saw it very differently. Um, and then, you know, I started having beings come to me in my dream time and it took many years to work with all that but eventually I ended up meeting one of those master teachers in person I was called to um, Peru in 2006 where um, where I met him in person and I realized my gosh we've been we've been working together for years <laughs> in the in the dream realm and in the different medicine spaces so uh, that's that's how I really started diving in. Uh, that took years, though. Nowadays, it happens very quickly with the acceleration of things, how they are now. So um, I, I, maybe I can be considered one of the early star seeds and was getting activated. Um, one of the visions of the um, elders, the group of elders that I worked with, was to awaken purposefully the new human, to purposely wake up angelic humans, earth angels, um, by doing transmissions and offering different kinds of um, encodements and teachings, ways of being to help us wake up. And uh, I feel like I was really lost, 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 and, and they found me, you know. So in a lot of ways, I, I you know, I feel like they saved my life because I think I would have continued going down the, the, the matrix road, you know. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, do you have, um, like when you say going down the matrix road, what, did you notice any challenges along the way in this journey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> many, 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 many challenges. Um, so I, oof, where do I begin with that? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's so long ago in such a different frequency. It feels like talking like a past life, you know, it's, it's way back there. Um, I would say, you know, we get challenges, or I was challenged because I was really holding on to certain ideas as the as a concrete truth. And so the challenges that came across that um, I experienced were really to challenge those truths. So there were um, uh, family members that uh, would, would, I would experience um, death with them, I would experience um, uh, just life choices, understanding, you know, having a lot of pain and then under getting the teachings on why I was making those choices and not realizing that I was making choices against myself, you know, and, and really what it was is that I was making choices that were right in my conditioning that were right for me to continue living in the matrix life. You know, we have all these outside um, value systems, all these outside conditionings that tell us what a good person is or tell us what the right thing to do is what a, what a valuable human is and all this stuff. And that's what I call the matrix. Cause none of that's really true. We have to learn to listen to our own inner compass and what's right for us. And I was never really fitting into to that piece, but I would still make choices as if I belonged in that. And of course I experienced pain and hardship <laughs> with those choices. So uh, that's the way to sum, sum, summate it. And we're talking over 30 years worth of, experiences here so well I think there's a lot of our light medicine community those star seeds and earth angels and indigos who definitely empathize with that journey um, and that challenge and difficulty of wishing peace in the world but also trying to fit in because we think that in order to fit like in order to have that peace with our family members with our loved ones that we have to sort of, you know, be okay with some of these agreements and some of these things that are normal and every day, but really are counter to our soul. Yes. And yeah. such, it's such a challenge. Yeah, especially as an empath, because we mm -hmm. have a different perspective and we're able to make peace where a lot of people can't. So all of a sudden we kind of become responsible. We make ourselves responsible to make the peace. Yes. Know? in the family or relationships or what have you. And, and that becomes really taxing because now you're, it's, you know, caretaking the outside and not applying that to the inside. And mm -hmm. The fixers, the rescuers, the, you know, uh, the he healer types wanting everyone to, to, to heal and wanting the best for them. And sometimes I like to say, this is many years of having pain myself is, is we can't necessarily want more for people than they want for themselves. Oh. Trying to, force it can really cause us a lot of pain and suffering. Yes. That's, that's a lesson to learn that, you know, we have to be at peace with people's choices. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, that, that can be a tough lesson, but it's great to hear that piece of advice, if you will, over and over again. <laughs> Uh, from different different sources. And uh, by the way, I wanted to share with uh, everyone who's uh, listening or watching that uh, lightbodyacademy.com, all one word, is where you can find Christina and her wonderful work. So lightbodyacademy.com. We'll talk a little bit later about her Dreamtime Healing Project. But now let's kind of segue over to Dreamtime. And we talked about the word Dreamtime. Uh, first of all, can you define it? What, what does that actually mean? Dream time. Well, you know, dream time is the reality without the lenses of our conditioning and ego driver. So we are in a multidimensional reality and we're not really aware of it when we're when we're awake. Right. Because we have all these lenses. So when you're in dream time, you quite you get liberated from a lot of those lenses and you can explore the multidimensional realms as they are. The, some people may call it the unseen realm, the upper worlds, but it's not just upper worlds. It can be lower worlds too. Um, many people who have night terrors know exactly what I'm talking about with that. Um, so dream time has been a mechanism of creating the world into being for many hundreds of thousands of years in, in, with these indigenous lineages. And this is the, the major lesson that they really, my teachers wanted us to have is that we are, we have the capacity to create our world. We are the ones who quite literally dream it into being, which means we bring the encodements of the organizing forces that create our reality through our intentional dream time. And that is a, uh, a statement that's really difficult to understand until you start applying it and, and recognizing how light codes, so to speak, um, are an organizing force in, in our world. Um, I have a little story here. Uh, I have, uh, besides the Dreamtime Healing Project, we have something called the Healer Acceleration Lab. And I just recently, we're exploring grid, grid work. And we have cosmic grid work, grid, grid work, galactic, planetary, and then there's also micro grid work in your home, house and home. And the experiment was, is to create a grid with particular intention and see what happens. And one of our dear star shines um, had a, it's a beautiful story. She had aluminum uh, toxicity in her system and her grid was about um, maintaining the health and harmony of her home and the people in it and she sets up her grid and the I believe it was the next day her Berkey stopped working and you know what a Berkey is it's a, a water filter. a water filter right yeah yeah so um, she did everything she could to to clean the filter put a new filter in and all this stuff and none of that worked so she started researching like what is this and she realized that the filter that she had in her Berkey was aluminum. It had aluminum in it. And she was having um, aluminum poisoning, so to speak, um, with all the different testing that she was doing on a physical level. Huh. So she chose, found a different filter that did not have the aluminum in it. But she was like surprised wow. how quickly that manifested. You know, wow. a very simple grid that she did for her house and home. So that shows us how these unseen worlds quite literally are an organizing force to our experience here. That, that's a little micro example, but there's of course the macro too, right? So we have all these stories of human history and we have all these ideas of, of how we create things in the world. But a lot of people believe it's, you know, uh, it's willpower, it's intention. It's well, intention is strong, but it's not the whole thing. There's all these other layers, all these nesting dolls that are accumulating into creating our experience. And we have full range, full ability to modify these nesting dolls at will and create mm. what we truly want. So it's not just a matter of our mind and our willpower. It's quite literally us working with our spirit to create our world. Right. It's, it's much deeper than what we may have popularized through movies like The Secret, um, you know, working with the subconscious and because people are like, well, if I just think positive, you know, but I can't think positive all the time you know? yeah. <laughs> um, to manifest. Yeah, well, see, that's a truncated understanding because your state of being, the state that you be, yes. is important, but it's yeah. not, that's not the whole game. There's a lot more going on. So once you're in a bliss state, you have access to other realms, other layers of these nesting dolls. Mm. So we're not talking necessarily about when we're sleeping or when we're awake. It could be, or is it mostly when we're awake when you're talking about going into dream time? It's both. Both. Yeah, so dream time is an is official alt, uh, alternate reality, but it's an okay. alternate reality that informs this reality. 
So, yeah, so the, 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 the point of us being here is in this waking world. I mean, our soul wants to be here. We wake up every day because our soul wants us to be here having some kind of experience. But the kind of experience we have, we can organize from our dream time. Yes, I, I kind of I uh, like to call it like, you know, quantum jumping to our ideal new reality. You know, we have different you know terms for it, but it literally is setting up the metaphysical blueprint or geometry of that future reality, which is, you know, maybe not manifest in our experience yet, but is there and already set and created. Yes, yes. And that that's touching on another point is that, you know, geometry is one of those nesting dolls. And before that is sound and before that is consciousness and intent. And, and you know what I mean? There's all these things. But what happens is because of our conditioning and training, this whole matrix thing, we will have the geometry within us, but our ego driver isn't aligned with that is disharmonic with this disharmonic with that. So then we'll start having problems because we want to have control our ego driver. Oh, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> they counteract the whole thing that we're intending to create. So, right. Well, you know, and, and speaking of creation, um, some, um, you know, uh, uh, books or, or, or teachings would say, Hey, you know, we talk about co-creation, we talk about manifesting, but really it is not creating because everything is already there. It's more like your awareness or attention or intention to, to pick, if I may go quantum, like pick that particular quantum stream as your experience. So how would you, you know, kind of um, explain some of that? Because are we creating or are we not really creating? We're just picking an already made reality to some extent. If there's infinite numbers of realities and we're just paying attention to the one we want. Right, right. Well, we are all one consciousness. We are all one oneness, right? So in that, that's where that all all potentials are there, right? Because we are all part of the oneness. So when we have a fabulous idea, it comes from one of these outer nesting dolls, and it's a collective, it's an idea that a collective of us have access to. So we may, you know, think, ha ha ha, you know, I'm so great, I have this great idea. But really, what we did is we opened ourselves to receive <laughs> that, that awareness. <laughs> you see, so uh, so that's a that's a piece of it. Um, you know, there's another there's another piece too, which is why you're here, why we're actually here. Different um, those nesting dolls. If you go to the soul level of that nesting doll, there's really specific experiences our soul wants to have. So it doesn't matter what we um, intentionally tune into on the quantum. We don't get to override our soul. You know what I mean? So there's certain pieces that some people might call it a contract or a mandate, you know, that we really um, are here to fulfill. You know, that's really what's in our mm. true, true path. So there is a a dance of balancing the your infinite aware, infinite awareness of self and these different layers of who you are. Um, yeah, I would say that's that's something that's, that's important to keep in mind is really develop a good dialogue with what one's, one would call soul consciousness. So you can uh, really get clear on what's important for you to experience today, where, right now. Not everybody is here to be millionaires and super famous. A lot of people are here simply to to bring a family of, of earth angels into this world or to bring peace to a particular group of people personal or collect or a larger collective you know so it's it's it really depends on the you you can navigate it with your feelings you know you feel very satisfied when you do something that's in your soul purpose it's like you feel very very like oh, like content with mm-hmm. and how you feel in the now is really the how you would navigate so if there's anxiety frustration and stress it's like okay things are a little off <laughs> you're going off into the matrix mm-hmm. world you know wow that's a really great um kind of like a a um a guide like that like magnetic needle of the little compass you know that that feeling state cuz it you know there will be one person who may be taught uh and even though it's spiritual sometimes it's like there's the matrix uh spiritual version <laughs> uh that says that well, if you have an illness or you have, uh, you know, a pain or disability or something like that, well, you can fix that. You know, you have to work on your consciousness. And, you know, if you let divine source flow right through you, then these things can be fixed. Right. You don't have to be sick and all that kind of stuff. And what you're saying is, uh, well, that's true. And that sometimes there is a contract or something that 
your soul wishes to experience in this timeline that is unique to you and maybe that isn't for your highest and greatest good to be completely pain-free or whatever can you share us more about that yeah so all right yeah there's a lot of mechanics in what you're talking about um so here, hold on a second. Let me, how do I, I, I need to summate this because this can be a, this is a very big teaching what you're talking, what you're touching on. <clears throat> so all these outer nesting dolls, right? So by the way, how many nesting dolls are we talking about? 50? Millions, millions. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you think about it, if you look at, there's different ways to look at our reality. If you were look, looking at our reality in the heliocentric model, you, you know, we're evolving around a, around a sun we're, we're orbiting around the sun there's a bunch of other planets orbiting and the sun is shooting through the milky way so there's all these uh geometries that every planet creates there's other geometry that the moon creates as it circulates you, you know so those are all nesting dolls those are all mm. nesting dolls. so if you think about just the solar ring you <laughs> there's many many nesting dolls and if okay. you have an asteroid belt there's even more so because gravity affects us. Gravity um, pulls our, is like, it, you know, it pulls our, our consciousness into different places, such as the moon. It influences the waters. The water influences our emotions. It influences us on a subconscious level, right? So um, there is a way to get past certain soul, soul agendas, but, and that's by truly having the feeling, truly having the experience. So if we, I don't know, say uh, we have an injury and it's not getting better. We get to it's it's we get to what is this experience getting me to feel? What what do I really need to be aware of? And as we go into our feelings deeper, deeper, deeper into the body, we start getting into soul's journey stuff. So sometimes it's something that happened in the soul's journey, what we might perceive long ago. We get to the feeling that we that that soul wanted to have in that time. And then you can resolve it. And then you get what is pretty much as a soul retrieval through the Akasha. So, and then you can start to activate your, your DNA and activate other nesting dolls of who you are. And this is what I call awakening to the galactic mind and beyond. Pretty soon people start getting way, getting past the original soul agenda because it was like this much band, this much, it's hard to measure quantum, right? So, but right. This, but then now you're expanded and now you're more on a, aware of your cosmic level. So now that you're adding a whole nother uh, bandwidth into your frequency and why and, and the kinds of experiences you need to have that, that you have here now. So it's not so simple as to say, well, I have the soul contract. I don't really like it anymore. So I'm just going to get rid of it. <laughs> right. Some of the ones that were made in the matrix can easily get rid of, you know, right. like manipulation in the matrix, like ceremonial yes. stuff from past and all that, all that. But other things, you know, when they're in certain nesting dolls, we really have to know thyself on that level in order for mm -hmm. it to be complete. And then, then that, then it keeps building from there. Can I give you an example just to see if it's relevant to that? I don't know whether it is, but to me, it seems like it. So there was a time where I would just proxy for mother earth, meaning that, um, something would be happening on the planet and I would not be consciously aware of it, but I would wake up with something in my body that said, <clears throat> pay attention, right? And then when, when I would ask being empathic, I would ask, well, is this my stuff or somebody else's or whatever? And then oftentimes back then it was Mother Earth and uh, there was some sort of, uh, I'll call it a mini mission for lack of a better term. I would do some sort of earth healing uh, and then the particular symptom, pain, whatever would just go away. So it wasn't my pain. It was Mother Earth's pain. And then there was a time where I got the message that I didn't have to do that, at least not on a regular basis anymore. And it was almost a painful separation. Like there in my gut area, there was like this feeling of this pulling uh, and then it was gone. And then there was like tears and all this kind of stuff. And so sometimes I feel like a, a crazy person telling these stories, right? <laughs> but anyway, is that possibly an example of that bigger cosmic, you know, soul journey that you're talking about? Yeah. So, so you learned a lot during that, doing those things. You Absolutely. Learned, yeah. So it, it had a really important purpose. And once its purpose was served, you were sensitive enough and aware enough to hear your, I would call it interdimensional entourage saying, okay, you're done moving on, <laughs> you know, but of course there's a lot of emotional things in there. Cause that yeah. was, 
us for a long time. So it's almost like giving up a part of who you are, you know, a part of the sense of your, your beingness. So mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good example. What, what was really fascinating, Christine, again, just it's super weird stories, but I know I can, I can tell you. <laughs> And so I'm on a plane when this is happening and my husband's like, are you okay? I said, I'm, I'm having the stomach thing. And this is the message I got that I'm, I no longer have to proxy for mother earth. And I'm feeling really sad. And I start crying. And he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, he's trying to comfort me. And then, so I, 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 all of a sudden there's this beautiful sunset that like out the plane window. And I decided to take a picture of it. And I don't know, I just felt like posting on a Facebook, right? And my light warrior network. And I said, Hey, I got this weird message that I know needs a lot, you know, proxy from mother earth got this pain in my stomach and look at this beautiful sunset that happened right at this moment. And the funny thing is I was just sharing, but then all these people wrote in, Oh my God, I felt so sad today for no reason. I had gut issues too. Like, you know, and then I asked the bigger question, is this something that, was not just me and the answer I got was yes. There, there are many, many souls that that was their duty. And now the mother earth doesn't need you to do that job anymore. So we all separated simultaneously on the same day around the same time. So if I had not asked the question or posted, I would not have known. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you're getting into the more important thing, which is working together as a collective. And mm. that's where dream time especially becomes very, very powerful. So, um, yeah, so I'm sure you probably had this too. There was over the years, you're getting messages to connect with other light workers, connect with other star seeds, connect with others at your level. And, and this is because, of course, when you meditate collectively, that, that resonance is, is exponentially amplified, right? But it's much more than that. Uh, the elders that I work with talk about that we can steer, we can steer our star. We can steer where we go in the Milky Way. And, uh, Barbara Hancloud talks a lot about, um, at the teachings around the photon belt that we can, that, uh, the sun goes in and out. Our, I'm going to just say our realm because the heliocentric reality isn't the only one that a lot of people, star seeds prescribe to, uh, that, uh, we go in and out of this photon belt. And it's like for every 2000 years of golden age, so to speak, we have a hundred thousand years of darkness, <laughs> you know? And it's like, why is it like that? It doesn't have to be like that. It's not a cycle that we're trapped in. It's just, you know, we, need we can uh have be fully activated in such a way where we can steer our star and we can spend millions of years within that light within that um, photon belt and experience the golden ages so this is it kind of sounds kind of out there for like the average human but for for star seeds it's like it triggers an idea that triggers something else inside and now you know some we're open to something more and this is quite literally how the um, the elders that I work with manifested these um, transmissions to awaken humans. So there are beings born into this planetary realm uh, already encoded, but there's already, what about all the ones that are already here? They're not necessarily encoded. So they, through collective dreaming, brought in these transmissions that can be transmitted to from human to human generation to generation so we can not just have the new generation awake but we can awaken the ones that are already here to themselves to who they are as multi-dimensional beings so they dreamt that forward they brought that forward in their dream time and were mm. able to they successfully gifted that to humanity and that is what a lot of people are calling the Munaiki. wow um, you know, the Munaiki teachings was made very popular by um, a gentleman named alberto violdo with the four wind society and uh, so they, they weren't the only collective doing that. They were just a really popular one here in the West because uh, the, the colonized mind is very shut down to the mystery and truth of who we are as multidimensional beings. So they wanted to focus on the colonized mind, the, the uh, what they call the eagle consciousness. Mm, okay. And, and the elders that you worked with, I'm just curious, given that you, know, you have these various different perspectives, um, with what you've come across, you know, having connections with the ET world as well as the human cultural um, ancients here. Um, do you ever find that some of their ideals or thoughts clash at all? Like, like I, I'll give you a solid example. For example, uh, and this is not necessarily, you know, the, the, um, 
the people we're talking about that you studied with. But for example, a, a shaman had uh, messaged me a while back, and he says, well, I'm from a very long line of shamans, and I was very interested in how, you know, you're clearing entities. And I, and for some reason, I usually, I, random person, I usually don't necessarily, like, give them all that much information. Like, I, you know, I'd be like, okay, go here, you know. Uh, but in this case, I felt drawn to just share something about, I said, well, um, you know, I don't believe in binding and punishing entities. Um, I feel like we are healing entities now, and this is very quick and efficient nowadays, better than it was before. Um, so I, I just don't feel resonant with the some of the shamanic, uh, you know, that lineage that does that. And, of course, his lineage was exactly what they used to do, right? He says, but this is what I was taught. Yeah. You know, I was taught that we need to bind them and we need to, you know, excommunicate them or whatever the words he used, right? And I just said, well, we agree to disagree, <laughs> you know. So I was just curious whether there was any sort of, you know, challenge for you, like getting the information from the ancient peoples as well as the extraterrestrial peoples. Right. So, well, first off, I want to say congratulations. Thank you so much for compassionately dealing with attachment, you know, attachment, really, because that that what you described there has been what it's been very uncompassionate for a very long time. And this is just because, you know, a lot of our um, indigenous populations have been massacred and genocide. So there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of um, people who have passed that were not in peace. So all the subsequent generations are, let's say, saddled with having to resolve all that pain and trauma, and that shuts down things within them. So they don't, um, so they go, they're strict to the teachings and it's this is what I call outer circle magic. They're strict to the teachings because this is the way it's done. And this, you know, and they are honoring their lineage. And because this is the way it's done. If you vary, then no, no, it's no bueno, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. clears throat> but um, what I can say about the Laika is that they, even though there were a, a lot of uh, tragedies within their lineage, they maintain the highest the the highest uh encodements of their of their people so they they did not ever have that shut down where they go into reality where there's such thing as an enemy there is no enemy and 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 that's that's where the the big piece is is that when there's a when there's accumulated trauma within a lineage things get shut down and things become very black and white good and evil and 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 they address it like that now the the, the outer circle magic is a really important thing to keep in mind because you can have impact in these nesting dolls in these um we'll just say unseen worlds without really understanding what you're doing you see and then power is abused at that point because you don't have the bigger your deeper awareness isn't there for you to truly see the impact of what it is say to banish the soul you know, that soul is now suffering greatly. And, and the person who's done it now has to, at some point, if they're still in the living in the reality of karma, you know, they have to fix that at some point, right? So <clears throat> inner circle magic, there's no way to abuse power because you have to have the awareness and consciousness and even to have access with the ability to, to do these things. So so uh, this is why we focus on that, because the dream time, working with dream time is associated with that, but so is working with all these different realms and other beings, such as the fae realm and the different uh, nature spirits and devas, you know, they are also in a state of suffering, reaching out to humanity. And we, a lot of us do work on that level too. So if we were, uh, if we didn't have the awareness and we stayed to the rails of the teachings, we wouldn't be able to level up the work we wouldn't be able to extrapolate the highest truth of what these teachings were teaching us and then apply it at that next frequency level you see what i mean the next octave yes yes that's great because to me it seems like things evolve and um it's part of you know the human experience as well i mean that's my current belief is that we're here evolving and growing if you will or the one the you know we are all part of the one and the one is evolving in order for the one to evolve one gets to experience the different fractals of the one as you and me and you know other people and that's my current like, like I said, my, it's my current working belief that it serves me uh to believe that but i think it's it's fascinating though is i get the 
you know, let's let's be true to the lineage, you know, to the teachings. And I totally hear what you're saying is that sometimes that can be truncated or limited by the trauma of the the people. And you mentioned the word karma at one point, you know, when I was uh, I do these weekly spiritual medicine digest videos and I'll just kind of sit in silence and go, well, what am I talking about this week? You know, <laughs> And then one time it was there is no karma. And I was like, true. what? And then, and then I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to go over very well. You better give me some more like details of what you want me to talk about. I'm just a messenger, right? Because sure enough, there were people who were like, what do you mean there's no karma? And I, I think it's because they were hoping secretly or not so secretly, and this has been happening the last three years, that the bad people are going to get their just desserts through karma, right? And then God says there's no karma. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to explain it? So what's your take on karma? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, bravo for being so courageous to go forward with that. Cause you know, that, that's one that's beautiful. And this is what way showers do visionaries like you and me, this is what we do. It's like, we, so you expanded your consciousness expanded beyond that nesting doll. And now you're aware that karma, it does exist, but it's a construct. It doesn't have to exist and you can right. undo that construct. So uh, yeah, so that's really great that you, that you did that, right? That, I mean, <laughs> showing a lot in your own progression of expansion um and then you have the courage and ability to speak it out loud and it's because it's coming from a deep part of you you're actually awakening people deep inside of their spirit so they too can be beyond the karma okay okay right so so you're doing great service with that um but you know it's a it's a thing until it's not that's a, that's something i say oh my gosh i think i almost said that yeah pretty much <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, this rule that I always thought was like the unbreakable rule. It's like, all of a sudden it doesn't exist. What? <laughs> um, but you know, so there's another piece to there. There's that, that security of knowing that bad people will get bad things coming to them, right? There's mm -hmm. this idea of punishment. There's this idea right. of, of justice. And this is something that comes, this is before one gets into the galactic mind or get past the galactic mind, because we have a galactic trauma that's very um, prolific in our narrative on this planet known as the Orion War. You know this. So you know, there, that's where this comes from is this idea that those that are offended, they're offending the, uh, the natural law are going to get their payback. But we're coming into a place where we're expanding beyond the galactic mind. We're expanding into our cosmic and quantum levels. And there's no such thing as payback. Everything's a dance that we choose and there's, there's no punishment. So now we get faced with compassion. Mm -hmm. Where is the compassion inside of us for the ones that are doing these things? Because they're going to need to look at themselves eventually as they wake up into these other nesting dolls. And they're going to need compassion for themselves for the roles that they played. You know, we all played roles and we're infinite beings. So I can pretty much guarantee that I did things that probably were pretty horrific in some other form, some other way. And, uh, and, and I'm responsible to forgive myself for the role that I played. And if I can free all the beings that maybe had an impact that, that I impacted in those negative ways. So. Mm -hmm. And is it possible that sometimes there are those beings that in our current reality, that that is the role that they play to help and support the awakening of others, even though it seems to be a dark role. And sometimes like I had a, a, a my chiropractor killed himself and what, and I was so shocked because, well, not, not just because of that, but so shocked because normally I can sense entities as I walk into the room and I never sensed negative entities. Um, and I was like, what is going on here? Um, and then when I had my little, you know, conversation, uh, with Source and the Angels about it, it was like they had to shield me from being able to sense them because they had a role to play. Because so-called, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, my, my current understanding was that the, the angelic or light beings, that wasn't their role to help him kill himself, but his time was up, that he was supposed to do that at that time because he was done his life here. And um, it was to support his loved ones in their next evolution, which is such a not popular thing, right? I'm I'm like not publicizing that one, um, although I did tell his partner because um, <laughs> she asked. Uh, but it was like, okay, so I wasn't a, I wasn't allowed to clear or heal the entities because the entities had a role to play. That's what they were supposed to be doing. So anyway, I just 
curious as to, I know I'm throwing all these questions at you. We didn't plan to, but I just would love your feedback on that. I'm used to it. Uh, So, right. So the matrix that we talked about, it's more than just the waking world. It also includes some parts of the underworld's afterlife. You know, it's part of the unseen world too. So we are, we're given all these narratives that this way is bad and this, this way is good. Right. So when it's time, it's time. This is true. When it's, when you're, when your time is up, your time is up and that's it. And this is actually kept alive in a lot of our old uh, warrior teachings that if you, uh, an Apache warrior or whatever would wake up knowing that this is his day that he, di- the day that he dies, he doesn't go and hide. He goes and runs towards it because, mm. because this is a fulfillment. You fulfilled your purpose here on this planet. And that is saying something because a lot of people don't, a lot of people get lost into further fragmentation. And that's why we have all this accumulated constructs in the Akasha, because all this fragmentation happened and we're trying to have an experience and we're not really having it. <laughs> so, oh, like we're pushing the experience away because we're afraid. Okay. Yeah, disassociate. We're not really feeling what mm-hmm. it is we really need to feel. And, and have, I mean, that's what makes our reality. It's the feeling, it's the presence inside. It's not just the story we have in our head about what's going on, right? So, so I don't know, I hope I'm asking, I'm answering the question in the scope that you were asking a couple different layers. I'm, I'm trying yes, to- thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, there's a lot that can be done just in case anybody is, uh, that's listening here that's had people that they feel have had, um, untimely deaths or whatever. You know, if you feel like, you know, like a suicide or something like this has happened and you feel like the soul is not at peace, there are absolutely things that can be done to assist them. Um, and do know when it's time, it's time. That is, that's, that's a constant. But mm. what happens afterwards, you know, things don't always go back home yet. There's more fragmentation in the journey. So we can, there's definitely things that can be done to retrieve and heal and collect all that. Um, so they can fully cross over. And we have something yes. called rights that we do. And that's something that's really effective in helping people even after they've died to, to help them reconsolidate and not pass down their unresolved issues to their loved ones. Cause that, cause that's a whole nother issue too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that. And so um, if we come back to the whole demon helping someone kill themselves scenario. Uh, so in, in our construct that we're commonly even spiritual people uh, who uh, actually believe in, you know, the so-called light beings and the, the lower vibrational beings, um, are we saying that there sometimes there's a purpose for those low vibrational beings and instead of necessarily judging them as good, bad, whatever, that sometimes it's, it's beyond, way beyond that judgment. Way beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Dark, the dark has its purpose too. You cannot have one without the other. I mean, even this beautiful background that you have, there's dark on the edges that helps highlight the light. Right. <laughs> It all that juxtapositions necessary for perpetual. So the highest purpose of the cosmos is infinite movement. That's the highest. Mm. So you have to have these contrasting forces to create that infinite movement. Oh yeah, that's fascinating. And by the way, you know, for folks that are listening and are just uh, tuning in to watch, um, lightbodyacademy.com is where you can find Christina and her wonderful work. And in a moment, we're going to talk about her dream time healing project. Um, Christina, I was just, before we do that, just wanted to ask you about what you just said, you know, about this movement, uh, because in the spiritual community, if you will, at large, uh, there was a sense, and, and there's a lot of religious people who I may or may not, you know, or may or may not have the label that they're spiritual per se, but, you know, believe in God, Jesus, whatever, that uh, there is a sense of still that dichotomy of uh, dark light, light's always going to win, <laughs> right? And so you see these things that say, well, God wins, or the light will always win, or something like that. And and it just, I don't know, it just strikes me as it's something, there's something missing there. Like, it doesn't feel right to me. So could you maybe expand on what that is? First of all, why do people do that? And then is, is that actually true? God always wins. But I'm like, well, you just said that there has to be dark to, you know, to, so you can see the white outlines. So are we always going to have dark? Like, you know, people are like wondering, is the dark ever going to end? <laughs> well, uh, no. Because a winning and losing is implying some some ending at some sort. Someone's coming out victorious, and that's not how it works. It's about mm-hmm. 
So there's no beginning, there's no end. This is, think of it as a vast ocean of currents. That's it. Just keeps moving. Just keeps going. Where the exciting thing is, is that we as souls, you can call us souls or spirit, that we create our own universes. And we agree to participate in these universes. And that's some of the, the best action in town, so to speak, on a cosmic level. <laughs> we can ourselves in ways. I mean, imagine being an infinite being of omnipresence and someone says to you, hey, I got this game. You're going to completely forget about yourself. You're going to not even know who you are up from down like as an infinite being. And you get to explore yourself endlessly if you want to. Who's going to turn that down? <laughs> right. Well, you know, people are concerned about, um, you know, the, um, let's say the transhumanist agenda or the AI will take over. Maybe there are in our current universe that we have co-created, uh, maybe worlds that that has happened and people do not wish that to happen. And other people are like, well, AI is really great. You just have to use it properly. Like, how do we make this like on a practical level? What's our new reality look like? Right. So the 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 malicious AI narrative, right? This is this is a narrative. This is an existence that has cropped up out of the Orion Wars. So there's a Orion War trauma not, not yet healed within the subconscious of the beingness like that. But what? Um, so coming back to the teachings of the elders, time is not what we think it is. Our mind sees time as as, as an arrow that's going through the air. There's a beginning, middle, and, and an end to this life. But that's not how time works at all. And when you're in the akasha, you know time is cyclical. Like you can heal your present by going to your past. That also is a construct. So time is actually constantly moving. It's never set. It's never set. Time is never set. So when we go, when we have this AI narrative unfolding and people are, you know, you know, taking positions against an enemy, right? It's they're they're trying to work out what hasn't been worked out yet in the subconscious from the Orion War drama. Now, I'm not saying things aren't real. What I'm saying is that they're not permanent. They don't need to be this way. So there are those of us waking up to our multidimensional nature who are waking up to a timeline reality where there was no Orion conflict. There was no fall of consciousness of Atlantis. There was no, you see what I mean? And yes. that's, yes, because that's how wibbly wobbly, you know, time is. It's that malleable. They taught us that we can move mountains if we wanted to. So, I mean, you can say, how the heck can you move a mountain, dig it out? No, 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 no. You can actually dream into uh, nesting dolls reality in such a way where those mountains never were formed. You see? Mm -hmm. That's how that, so this is why this is a realm. They call this the Pachamama, the realm of the mother. This is the realm where the will of cosmic mother unfolds herself. And we all agree to participate in the drama. And we are co-creators of this drama. And some would say we're actually 100% creators of this drama, but that depends on where you're awoke, you know, in these different nesting dolls. Many of us do wake up to being cosmic mother you know, like cosmic, the consciousness of cosmic mother is awake within us. And so that's, a, that's where it's a totally different ball game, but I'm not saying anything is right or wrong. What I'm saying is that these nesting dolls create realities of relationship to things. And then when you wake up, then now you have a different relationship to things. And then you wake up again to it. Yeah. And this is how they teach it is that there's no right or wrong, good or bad, um, good or evil. It's all about your relationship to it. So if you are in a victim relationship or a relationship of trauma and pain, yes, that, that demon is going to look like a demon or that dark Lord is going to feel like you're, you're controlled or trapped by this dark Lord, but that's just a relationship because you're inside the nesting doll. You haven't expanded beyond that yet. Mm. You know, I really love the, the nesting doll analogy uh, and as expansion, you know, people talk about the ascension process and it's funny because um, people think up, right. It was very linear. So I, I now say, and, and then one of my friends said, well, that's very Christian of you. And I'm like, Christian, <laughs> I, that was not what I meant, but that she took it as Christian. Right. So um, she's like, I'm not into that kind of stuff. And I said, well, it's more like an expansion. So then it was more like this as opposed to this. And that made more sense to me. And, and that's fascinating. Uh, now, another, uh, another uh, question for you is, um, uh, people have been saying that the um, uh, 
a Mandela effect is when people's memories are wrong, or I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but where people can have inserted memories and they will say, well, you know, in Star Wars, uh, you know, his, his uh, Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father. And the other people say, no, the actuality, it says, no, I am your father, not Luke, I am your father. Like E.T. says, E.T. phone home. That's what I remember growing up. I, I love the E.T. movie, one of my favorites. And other, you know, they're like, no, no, no. The recording, if you look at the recording, it says E.T. Uh, home phone. And then half of us are like, what? You know, or or Michael Jackson's, you know, um, a smooth criminal, you know, been hit by, you've been hit by. And then the other lyrics are, you've been struck by, you've been hit by. And we're like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> one, you know, one ET teaching um, said something about when there are so-called parallel realities. I I'm paraphrasing again. The, dom the dominant one that the consciousness <clears throat> that survives, but every material thing made from the two parallel realities actually shows up into that one reality. That's my current understanding of what I read. I'll have to read it multiple times. Uh, but I was like, you know, that actually makes sense to me. So just curious what you think about this Mandela effect, false memories or actually two timelines coming together. Okay. So it depends on what nesting doll you're looking at it. You can look at it as um, there are implanted memories. This is one of some of the things I explored as a, as a child. I had um, implanted memories from a lot of ET experiences. And as I woke up to myself, I realized, oh, that's not even, you know, these, these things were implanted. So from one nesting doll perspective, you can say implanted, you can say false memories, but what's happening is that we're waking up as a species to our multidimensional reality. And, uh, and this is where we need to go, where I come back to, we are in the realm of the mother, the cosmic mother. We, there's multiple universes unfolding themselves in this realm at this time, because there's a collective of beings awakening to their multidimensional self. So there are many timelines, many timelines, which means the memories, histories are different. They're all converging here. So, so it's kind of backing up what you're saying with, with, what, did you say the I Ching? That was an I Ching teaching? Uh, no, I, you know, there, there was um, some videos going around, people explaining the Mandela effect that all these things that basically he's, you know, the teachers are saying, I'm wrong. I've implanted memories that never happened in ET. That never happened in Star Wars. You've got the wrong thing and you've got him implanted memories and people swear. They're like, I have the VHS. This is what ET said. Right. And they're trying to prove it to the guy who's saying it's a Mandela effect you've got the wrong memories. That's why you're, you know, that's why you, you have a different reality than what's real. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to get away from, as we wake up into our multidimensional nature, we got to get away from right and wrong because it all, it, if we, if we attach to right or wrong, that's polarity thinking that's going deeper into that linear idea of time. Like time cannot be changed. It, but it's malleable. Every, it's as malleable as our dream time is. So for people who are able to, um, you know, navigate within their dream time, it's like you can change things very quickly um, once you become aware of how you're creating them. Same thing with this waking world, exact same way. It's just, you know, we, we, these are unseen realms and the ego driver mental field can't perceive it. But what does perceive it? Our, our emotional field, our, our emotional body. We can feel things happening on the other other side of the cosmos with our emotional body. And that's what we need to get the mind out of the way of. So we can truly feel into it, get the download or it, upload, however you want to look at that, digest it through this bio suit. And then once we digest it through this bio suit, then we have an understanding of it. Mm. And that's that's something that's quite frustrating because now we need to get comfortable with being and making choices in the unknown. Wow. Yes. Yes. And so tell us about some of the work that you do to help people navigate all of this and all the, you know, huge changes that are happening in the world. And maybe tell us about the Dreamtime Healing Project. Yeah. So it starts off with first getting in command of your energy because we're really, uh, we're taught to, um, to betray ourselves, you know, give our energy away. We're, we're, we're taught to be, you know, we feed all kinds of things that aren't good for us. So first you need to get clear on how to maintain a strong energy field, staying within your energy. And we use the heartbeat. It's very simple, focusing on the heartbeat, staying aware of the heartbeat while you're going through your day. And then we start working with 
that that well I'll just say 4D I, these numbers you know they don't really you know <laughs> there's understandings already associated with them that's why I use them so we start looking at that 4D level like how are you how do you like chords or energy exchanges you know that kind of thing and then uh then we practice we practice being truthful and authentic and transparent with each other with our data sets it sounds very simple but you would be surprised how powerful this is for people and a great example is how many times have you had an intuitive hit and made yourself wrong? And then mm -hmm. later, right. Okay. So it takes a lot of courage to share a data set that makes no logical sense, but yet you have it in your heart. Right. And then, so it takes a level of authenticity, vulnerability, just being really real with it. And we do this with each other in a group. And then we start learning how to track as a group through these data sets and we very often get to other you know levels beyond the akasha and to multi-dimensional realms once you do this as a group because we're also resonating so it's also reinforming your subconscious so blinders blind spots that you once had start dissolving because your subconscious is getting re-educated by tracking with this group mm, how big are the groups um, well, so we have larger group stuff where, um, I don't know, maybe up to 30 people. Then we have smaller group stuff. And this is, uh, I call them labs, where there's just um, a facilitator and three people. And that that's something, th those are things that are really dialed into each of the people that are in that group. So like a dream lab, each person, we would track into their dreams together. Each person has a dream that they share. Then we have um, dream clinics, which is a much larger group where the whole group travels as we track through specific selected dreams. And that's all decided according to the energy, the group energy of the moment. So we can get through three dreams maybe, or sometimes only one, because we have some really potent dreamers in our, in our. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm in a dream weaving group. And some of these dreams are just incredible, but it's amazing how they're woven together in such a harmonious way, even though my dream may be very, very different from another's, but they, they kind of connect at these points that it, it totally makes sense for this new world that we're creating, like the harmoniously, it, it's so beautiful. Yes, exactly. And th those are the golden moments when people realize we've had all these different dreams, but we're all in the same dream. Yeah. Tangible experience of that. That's gold, gold right there. It really wakes something up inside the, the light body and the subconscious. So yeah, I love that. I love, I love group dreaming work. It's so potent and graceful and, you know, it really helps people wake up in a very quick way. Get oh, those that's great. Yeah, yeah it's so beautiful the work you're doing uh christina like uh, share with us your website again and where you know if there's any other things that you want to share with us tips or you know last last words <laughs> to help people with their with their awakening okay um yeah so our our academy our website is lightbodyacademy.com we also have a youtube channel called light body academy where um so i'm not the only one there i i'm the founder but we also have facilitators really skilled facilitators too so we all have videos different videos on there um that we talk about whatever our particular specialty is like we have a, a woman uh stacy hernandez who does ancestral clearings and stuff like this and then we have another um woman laurel that um, works with the fey realm really potent work with the fey realm so we all have and then we have Raylan that does starseed origin stuff and and so so there's each one has i'm just saying those names because you'll see those videos <laughs> and you'll, you'll notice the flavors are very different when you when you watch them that's so they, great for quite some time and then have come to facilitate um you know so the Dreamtime Healing Project is where I would recommend people begin. Um, we do have a Lightbody 101 core curriculum, but I'm finding that the kind of people that are attracted to us are pretty advanced. And uh, though they still benefit from the 101 because it's included in the Dreamtime, um, that's not that often doesn't satiate the hunger of why they're there. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Everybody to the Dreamtime Healing Project for sure to start off because there's a lot of vulnerability that needs to happen. So you need to get to know the group and, and see how right. you fit in. And, you know, so this is, you know, you just ease your way in that way. Um, if I, you know, maybe I can give some Dreamtime tips. Sure. Um, in, in closing. Um, one is, you know, a lot of, a lot of Dreamtime uh, work, they focus on, you know, um, translating the dream what this means what that means and i would encourage people to you know do what you can to get past those meanings and get into the pure feeling 
Like, how do you feel when you wake up? Because a lot of people say, oh, I know I was dreaming, but I don't remember anything. But notice, but if you can wake up slow without an alarm clock, notice how you're feeling. Those feelings, you can do a squiggle while you're in the feeling. And now you've just successfully brought something from dream time and manifested it into 3D. So just like channeling or following your intuition, that enhances the flow. You, we actually can track into those squiggles and get to really cool places. So, so that that's an energy tracking practice too. Later on, if you keep it, because you can color it or you know embellish it in different ways through the day, so you're constantly engaging in that in that frequency. So, if you don't remember the dream where you can like write out a story, don't be discouraged. Focus on the feeling, and then you you that's the first step. Focus on that feeling, get it, get a squiggle out, and then do, you know, you can move, go to places from there. The other thing is stay away from electronics within like a half hour or a half hour going to sleep and a half hour waking up. Stay away from electric light. This stimulates a part of our brain that is not conducive to the theta delta waves of dream time. So you quit, you are shutting down the brain's capacity when you're really, when you're focused on that before you go to sleep. So, so don't do that either. <laughs> stay away from- uh, like people can't get into the dream time. Is that what you're saying? Or the, well, see, you're training your brain to stay in the, in the beta state. Oh, okay. okay. In, in, in dream time, especially for dream time recall, you need to be able to have the alpha, beta, theta, delta, you know, for at least those four brain waves happening in your brain at the same time. That's oh, okay. Your dream, your, um, that's how you can recover the, the what's ever going on in the dream time, whether it be an energetic emotion or the actual story that your lens gives you. So, uh, and the other piece would be do things that encourage delta, theta waves. You know, that's, that's happiness, creativity, uh, you know, mystery, mm. magic, you know, do these things, meditation, and then you are training your brain to accommodate those brain waves all at once. So that's going to enhance your recall. And it can even enhance, you know, how you can actually engage in the dream, such as lucid dreaming and other things like this. So uh, those are, those are the big recommendations I, w- I would give people. Um, if you want okay. to. Yeah. I think some people are, they say that people that are quote unquote diagnosed with ADHD happen to do theta relatively well, even in their waking state, which is why they daydream in school. <laughs> I was diagnosed with that when I was a kid. Yeah, or as an adult. Um, and uh, that they don't do beta as well, which is fascinating. Uh, but when I when I was in the clinic, I would often ask people, you know, to tell me about their their dreams. And um, when they first came to see me, they were like, um. I don't really dream anymore. And they thought that was normal. And I'm like, well, you might dream, you might not remember your dreams, but you know, things like, you know, writing a dream journal and things like that. And then we'd get rid of their electronics and maybe help them enhance their theta wave with a theta wave, you know, um, Jeffrey Thompson CD back then it was CDs guys. Um, <laughs> the young people are like, what's that? <laughs> you know, to help them, um, and train, you know, the brain to get into that. Um, but that's, you know, that's what you fa- you know, fascinating. What you're talking about is very similar along the lines of, what we see is happening with people um, and uh, getting them more into that. And then oftentimes when they start healing, uh, that that's when they do report, oh, my gosh, I started having technicolor dreams or, you know, I'm really uh, aware of them. And then, like you said, when they're like, but I don't remember what it is, you know, and then it was like, what was the feeling? What was the feeling? And so that's great to hear you say that, <laughs> um, that that's some of the the tips I got to tell you about this before we end this dream the other night. I, I clear well, there's a, a bunch, but I clearly remember one that there was about to be a war. And I think my husband and I were there and um, part, the part of the, the I'm not sure if it was my husband's plan or it, it, the plan was to escape. But I actually stayed and I actually um, talked to both parties and got them to a place where they realized they both had the same goal at the very end of the day and then it was resolved in peace and I woke up going yes yes that was so awesome (laughs) yes yes so the feeling that's the main piece there is that some part of you knows knows that you're to help transcend the good against evil battle you know that whole need for a war you have the ability within you to and and I would say even beyond like ego driver abilities, it's like you have the encodements. You can download transmissions to others to end the war within themselves. With you know, because that's really why this is manifesting externally because it's inside, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You have very yeah. 
That's great. Well, thank you for um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Uh, sometimes I wake up and go, wow, that was intense, you know, because it was scary, you know, for a bit uh, until that that happened, that transmutation. Uh, Christina, you know, it's been such a great privilege and, and uh, you know, so honor and respect your work and the wonderful work you're doing with, with the grids, with the dreams time, with your experience with, with the elders and sharing it, you know, in, in this reality, in, in whichever ever beautiful way that you express it. So um, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and talk with you. Thank you for having me. No, my pleasure. And for everyone listening in, I want to thank you too for spending your time with us. And you can connect with Christina at lightbodyacademy.com. And until next time, lots of love, everyone. Bye for now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.